Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Inside Health Podcast. I am your host, Kevin Keyes. So what is the Inside Health Podcast and who am I? Well, the Inside Health Podcast connects legitimate experts in the field with the listener to important topical health and wellness questions and informative and kind of entertaining platform. And who am I? Well, I'm a certified strength and conditioning specialist and a master's in kinesiology with a background in health, wellness, and personal training. I like to satisfy my own curious brain and seek life-changing information to share with you, the listener. So welcome and join me in discovering how you can elevate your health and take on your goals with confidence. And don't forget to hit subscribe so you never miss an episode. So our topic today, the emergency room is the first point of medical contact for many of us in the public, and it is the site of many medical miracles and some heartbreaking tragedies. And working in the ER takes a special kind of medical professional who is fearless and proud of what they do. Uh, From the nurses to the doctors to the environmental services, all of them contribute to running an ER safely. And today we are looking at the current status of COVID-19 and asking how it has changed the way our ER is seeing patients. And who better to do that with than our very special guest today, Dr. Paul Gowen. Dr. Gowen did his undergraduate at Texas A&M while actually working for St. Joseph Hospital, which is, is pretty cool. He went to medical school at the University of Texas Health Science Center at San Antonio and completed his emergency medicine residency at Scott and White Memorial Hospital in Temple. After his residency, he came back to St. Joseph in 2007. He is board certified in emergency medicine and a fellow of the American College of Emergency Physicians. He was medical director of the St. Joseph Emergency Center in College Station from 2009 to 2017 and has been a clinical assistant professor of emergency medicine at TAMU since 2008. He currently is medical director of the emergency department in Bryan and the system medical director for CHI St. Joseph Health. He is a vice president of medical staff of CHI. St. Joseph, and also the medical director for Bryan Police Department's tactical response team. He is a reserve deputy constable for Brazos County Precinct 1. Dr. Gowen, welcome to the podcast, and thank you so much for being here. That That's quite a resume you have there. Thank you. I appreciate you having me. Yeah. So, you know, I always like to have a fun question in the beginning. So my first question for you is, as I read earlier, is that you actually used to work at St. Joseph while doing your undergrad. So that's pretty cool. It kind of came full circle for you. So um, what did you do there? I actually worked in the physical therapy department and uh, I worked primarily in wound care and I worked a little bit in occupational health. I actually met my wife there. She was a tech also. So that was uh, some time ago. That's pretty cool. So um, they really came full circle for you, your wife, the whole hospital, everything. (laughs) Yeah, we love the community, really like the hospital. So whenever we had the opportunity, we That's cool. That's great. Okay, so we'll kind of dive into things. Dr. Gowen, can you talk to us about the current state of COVID and what we're doing from the ER perspective to treat patients? Well, as far as treatment for COVID, uh, it's really more symptomatic treatment at this point, Uh, assisting those who need help with their uh, ventilation, respirations, their breathing, basically. You know, there are a lot of drugs out there. You see it in the news every day. Does this work? Does that work? And quite frankly, no one knows. You know, there are studies coming out every day and I use study, I put quotations around study uh, coming out every day because these studies, quote unquote, are taking place over weeks, whereas normally a, a study would take years to be properly vetted out and to come up with a significant co- conclusion. So the, the long and short of it, no one really knows exactly what works well. The mainstay of treatment is supportive. And thankfully, the vast majority of those don't need a lot of extra treatment. Most people, they, they will get better. 
but occasionally there are those that, that need supplemental oxygen and, and even to the point of having to be on a ventilator. Right. Okay. Um, so has this pandemic changed anything about the current operations in the ER? I know that's kind of where you're really, where your specialty is. So, you know, things like, um, you know, how maybe we're triaging patients or separating maybe COVID from non-COVID patients. Have things changed in the ER because of this? Absolutely. Uh, at both of our facilities here in Bryan and College Station, we actually have upper respiratory tents outside where you can actually, if you have an upper respiratory complaint, cough, fever, anything that could possibly be COVID, you're directed to that tent and you drive through. It's a drive through. Uh, your vitals are taken. There's a provider there that talks to you about your current condition, listens to your heart and lungs. And if you're stable and you meet qualifications for COVID testing, they will swab you, send the test and say, you need to go home and quarantine until you hear back from us. Now, by the same token, if you get under that tent and you're having trouble breathing or your vital signs are out of whack, we will take you directly into the emergency department. And we actually have a separate entrance through our decontamination area for highly suspected COVID individuals. They can enter through that and all of our isolation rooms are right there next to that entrance. And so we do have a separate area for COVID positive or suspected COVID patients. Uh, so that they don't intermingle with the other patients in the emergency department. Yeah, that's great. And, and it's kind of, I think what my next, it kind of piggybacks to the next question is, let's say a positive patient walks through the door. Um, you know, what are the capabilities of our hospitals? You know, things like testing, ICU, ventilators, or, you know, something maybe, something maybe you can tell us to, to put people at ease that, although this is a really kind of a trying time for us, you know, we have the best possible equipment, staff members, and care to, to really help them out. We do. And, you know, between our two facilities, we have plenty of ICU availability right now. We have a lot of ventilators and we have the personnel to run those ventilators and to take care of the individuals. In fact, uh, the uh, hospital here in Bryan took an entire ward and turned it into uh, negative pressure. So that got us uh, well over a dozen extra negative pressure rooms for COVID suspected or COVID positive patients. So uh, we do have plenty of uh, capacity to take care of these patients. Um, so I want to talk uh, a little bit about safety. I mean, what, what about it? I mean, how are, how are we prepared to handle positive COVID-19 patient and ensure not only the safety of other patients, but, but staff members, and I guess really maybe even the spread into the community? Well, in, in like I just mentioned, the, the isolation rooms, right, separate entrances, uh, separate uh, places for these patients as opposed to others. Uh, also, the negative pressure, just like we discussed about, but, you know, personal protective equipment. That is not only for the medical staff and the support staff, but also for the patients. If you come into our emergency department, you're going to have a mask on. Um, and right now we have a no visitor policy with a few exceptions. But for the most part, there, are any, there, there isn't anyone in the hospital that sh doesn't need to be here. And if you're in here, you have a mask on and you're screened at the door. You get your temperature taken and you, you get asked if you had any symptoms, you have any, you know, cough, fever, anything like that. And you have to attest to it before you come in. That's great. Um, okay, so, you know, what about other common ER emergencies? You know, things like stroke, heart attack, or other kind of life-threatening conditions. Can you talk about how it's, it is still really important, I think, for people to come to the ER uh, for these medical emergencies? And, and how, I mean, we, we talked about how we keep them safe from the virus, but, you know, you know something to ease the fear of these patients from, from maybe, you know, not wanting to come in. Well, and I understand that. 
you know, it's perfectly normal. Uh, what folks have to understand is that we have taken all the precautions to segregate the possible COVID or the COVID positive from those who are, if you come in with a traumatic leg injury, you're not going to be anywhere near where a possible COVID patient is, for instance, right? So I have to, I can't stress it enough. If you have a problem, an acute problem that would ordinarily bring you to the emergency department, you need to come in. If you're having chest pain, if you're having weakness, if you're having worsening shortness of breath, if you, if your loved one has altered mental status, anything like that, they need to be here. And right. it is safe to be here because Unfortunately, over the last few weeks, we've seen people who did delay come in. They didn't come in when they should have. They waited days. And by the time they got to us, they were really in bad shape. Whereas had they come in 48, 72 hours earlier when things started, the outcome could have been very diff different. Right. I've, yeah, I've been fortunate enough to kind of interview um, a couple other doctors and a couple other episodes that I've done before were, were in heart health and um, I've done some stroke awareness. And uh, one of the things that we really came across for stroke was the timeliness of it. Um, getting Absolutely. to the hospital right away is something that can really save people's lives. So um, I'm glad that you're emphasizing how, how important it is for people to, to go in, to go into the year. And that's that's for stroke and for heart, right? I mean, right. time is muscle right. for the heart. Time is neurons for the brain. The longer you wait, the more of them die. Right. So, um, okay, so what can we expect um, in the next 30 days, you know, maybe the summer months, fall months, a year? I mean, what, what are, where do you see this going right now? That's a good question. And uh, we uh, ask that of the epidemiologists all the time. And we have uh, some brilliant people that we work with to try to figure this out. And quite frankly, it's all over the board. You know, right. it just depends on who you ask. And because it's kind of uncharted territory, they can look back at history and, and see other uh, epidemics and pandemics that went across the country and they can, they can kind of give a best guesstimate, but no one really knows. Loosening of restrictions, uh, probably not totally removed restrictions, but loosening of restrictions from the governmental entities. And as we see that, we're going to see another spike in cases. It's just natural. You know, you're going to have more people intermingling and you're going to see another bump in cases. It's historically, that's the way pandemics work too. The more people get out, you, the, the more infections you get. Right. And, and I hope, I'm hopeful that even though a lot of some of these um, government agencies are, are loosening up a little bit of the restrictions and, and I get it, you know, they want the economy to kind of go back and, you know, I'm not sure. here to, to put a political spin on any of this, but hopefully when those restrictions kind of get loosened, people still you know, try to practice social distancing, be very careful, you know, cover their cough, uh, wear their cloth mask while they're outside, not their N95 masks. Uh, we need to right. save those. We need to save those for our medical community. But uh, hopefully people can still try to practice a lot of those things um, as we as we you know, hopefully also help the economy back at the same time. Um, what, what do you think right now is our progress against this virus? I mean, where does it stand? Well, I think right now, at least here in this region, we're seeing a little bit of a plateau in the number of cases. Again, I think we'll see another spike coming right. up, right? Uh, I think that uh, overall, we're probably in a good spot. We're in a much better spot than, say, New York, New Orleans, Massachusetts, Seattle, those places. Um, I'm hopeful that as time has gone on and progressed, we're developing a bit of a herd immunity. So there are people out there that have had it and don't know they've had it, but, but they have some immunity to it. 
and they've spread that to others in their home, in their community. And as that continues to spread, the better off we'll be. You know, I've, I've been uh, fortunate enough to, to also interview uh, an infectious disease specialist. And um, one of the things that, that he said was uh, really what probably will stop this is, is mass vaccinations. And I kind of replied with, you know, does that mean that we're all going to sit around and say, hey, did you get your flu shot? Hey, did you get your COVID-19 shot? And he looked at me and said, yes. You know, yeah. so it's kind of it's interesting to uh, to hear that we're in a in a time and place where, um, you know, I never thought that I would be in, in a pandemic where um, mass vaccinations would be like that. And um, I guess uh, we take a lot of things for granted, but our medical community and their, our science community is uh, really, really uh, special and uh, they really help out a lot of people. So. Um, okay, so I'm sure you've kind of given your status that you have had a lot of people reaching out to you. So what are a few, you know, of your most frequently asked questions? You know, a couple, three, four, five. What, what, is, what are the things that people keep asking you? Most, most people ask me, you know, what are the most common signs and symptoms I see? Um, how contagious is it? Does it really live on inanimate objects? Yes, it does. Actually, the most questions I get is how are you and your staff protecting yourselves? And how are you protecting your family? How are you not bringing it home? And so those are, those are most of the questions I get. And it, I think most of us are very conscientious about that. Uh, the vast majority of us, a lot of us will change clothes at the hospital. Um, yeah, some of us will change clothes in the garage. You know, there was a joke going around. If you see my wife at the front door, half naked, don't worry, she's a wife coming. <laughs> you know, from work. She's my wife coming home from work. She's a right. she's a nurse. You know, so uh, it's every it's on the forefront of everyone's mind. We're here to take care of everyone, but by the same token, we have to take care of ourselves. And we have to take care of our families as well. Yeah, you're right. You know, my my wife is a nurse, so I'm. Uh, she's a labor and delivery nurse, so she's not. She's fortunately not working on like an ICU floor or a med surge floor or anything like that, or, or ER. You know, like what, what you guys do in your team. Um, but uh, she's still a nurse, and she still worries about bringing it home and. Um, you're right. <laughs> she gets in the garage. She closes the door. She takes her clothes off. She gets inside and and does what yeah. she has to do. And um, it's just nature of the beast. But uh, it's important. And you know, we she doesn't want to bring anything home to to our kids. We have two young kids at home. So, um, but uh, it kind of going along with what you're saying about protecting our staff. And um, you know, a, a friend of mine kind of was questioning masks, and I told him, you know, uh, if our staff gets it, who are you going to go to if you get it? You know, so um, and I think that really hit home. He's like, well, it kind of makes sense. Right. Where am I going to go? So, uh, you know, protecting our staff and and, um, and making sure that we recognize everything you guys do, I think is really important. So, um, OK, so my last question for you uh, in working with a lot of clients, I do a lot of health and wellness stuff with some of my clients and I, I reach I, I meet a lot of people who do a lot of different things. But one of the things I always like to ask is like, what is the craziest thing they've ever really seen or they've ever really done in their line of work? considering Ooh. our audience and your job, yeah, we may this, not want that kind of a detailed event. Show, right? Yeah, we don't <laughs> want that kind of detailed event. But I'll ask you this. Have you ever seen someone unlucky enough to come to the ER on the same day for two separate things? For two separate things, I really can't recall. But I have seen people with two things at once. For oh. instance, a heart attack and a car wreck. Oh, yeah. That would make a stroke sense. in a car wreck. Yeah. Right? I... I cannot recall seeing, let me, re, let me caveat this. I haven't seen anyone in their right state of mind twice in one day Makes sense. for two different things. Yeah. 
I, I just thought that was kind of an interesting think of some unlucky soul who was like, I have to go back to the ER. I just left there, you know, uh, <laughs> that was kind of fun. So, well, thank you so much for doing this today, Dr. Gowen. You know, this was full of some really good information. And I think a lot of people, you know, have questions about all this. So we really appreciate your time. Uh, but before you go, is there anything else that you would like to say to, to the public? The main thing they have to remember is that we're here to help them just like we were two years ago. We're here for their emergent conditions. Don't be afraid to come in. We have taken all the proper precautions to segregate the possible COVID from the not. And so we're here not only to help you with your emergency, but we're also going to protect you while you're here. Yeah, that's perfect. Well, again, thank you so much for doing this. Yep. Thank you. I appreciate it. Yeah. And thank you listeners for tuning in to our inaugural episode. Uh, don't forget to hit subscribe and leave us a review. Uh, there should be some, some more episodes to come. So uh, we'll see you next time. Thanks. Bye.